NextGen Talks is an initiative of PwC Nigeria's NextGen Club, featuring family business owners, NextGens, successful entrepreneurs, and professionals. NextGen Talks, shaping the African family business narrative. Welcome to Episode 5 of NextGen Talks, an initiative of PwC Nigeria's NextGen Club. My name is Chinasa Collins-Ogwo, and I'm the host for this podcast. On this episode, we're going to be discussing family offices, FAD or Standard. To give some context, we know that for family businesses and even high net worth individuals, family offices can help provide the much-needed structure, which is required for effectively managing private wealth. Depending on the context of the family business it seeks to serve, family offices may operate as a single family office or multi-family offices. Many family businesses in this part of the world struggle with placing adequate structures, succession planning, and other components of a family business that ensure efficient functioning of the business. It is therefore imperative that family businesses in this part of the world are well equipped with the knowledge and resources that aid in ensuring access to family offices. Beyond this, it is also useful to review how the COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way family businesses in Nigeria utilize family offices and why. Joining me shortly on this episode is the partner, private client and family business leader, PwC Nigeria, Isiri Agbeyi. She'll share her perspective on family office, whether it's a fad or a standard. A series of partner with PwC Nigeria, where she leads the people and organization units in tax responsible for the management and delivery of tax efficient reward packages and mobility services to employees and employers of labor. The team also advises high net worth individuals and family businesses on structuring rights for succeeding generations. She serves as a non-executive director on the board of several companies and has won several awards for her leadership roles and contribution to the Nigerian economy. Before a series comes on, please listen to our Next Gen Talks nuggets for this episode. Compared to their global counterparts, most family businesses in Nigeria do not have a family office for their investment on other services. This is closely related to the suboptimal structure in many family businesses in Nigeria. Embracing the use of a family office may help manage their wealth, succession planning, and achieve all the non-financial objectives of the family business. Welcome, Asiri, and thank you for coming on NextGen Talks. Thank you, Nasa. Nice to be here. Awesome. And so what I failed to mention was that Esiri is actually also the head of the NextGen Club at PwC Nigeria. So before I ask you to tell us about your role and what the NextGen Club stands for, I just wanted you to share your thoughts on the NextGen Talks Nugget today, and I'll repeat a part of it. So compared to their global counterparts, most family businesses in Nigeria do not have a family office for their investments and other services. What do you think? So I think that's a reality. We do have a lot of family businesses and families that have offices with assets under management of, say, 160000 or million dollars. Um, talk about the Walton family or even Jeff Bezos, who has his own family office as well. But in Nigeria, though we have high net worth individuals 
and families who probably have passed on businesses to subsequent generations, you don't necessarily see the concept of family office being lived. And not because the structure isn't, there is no intention to have a structure like that, or more because it's glossed over. And sometimes you don't see it's embedded within their businesses and there's no separation of those. So it's then hard to track what are the assets under management mm-hmm. in terms of their personal wealth distinct from their corporate wealth because it's all intermingled. Wow. That's interesting. And I think it just takes me perfectly to the next question and to just maybe unpack what a family office is because I've heard the concept and I guess, you know, working with you, I have an idea, but I think that for the benefit of people who are hearing for the first time and even for my understanding, what exactly is the role of a family office? Uh, yes. Yeah, so and I'm, how is it different from a family business? Okay. So um, very good question. I think um, the main thing is it's unique to the family, which is why it has the preface family. Mm-hmm. But the other thing as well that ju- comes to life is the fact that it's there f- to serve a purpose, which okay. is ensuring that you pass on wealth Mm -hmm. to the next generation. And then the next point I think that's good to highlight Mm -hmm. is you're using that structure to professionalize the transfer of that wealth as opposed to using just wills, for instance, where you Mm -hmm. say, after my death, this person ends Mm -hmm. or gets so much wealth. Mm -hmm. Or I set up a trust structure and that person gets so much and I leave it into the hands of a third party. Mm-hmm. But here there is an intentionality around ensuring that the values of the family are enshrined and those values in turn continue to give impact for generations beyond you. Mm-hmm. So the family office is a great and fantastic concept, um, yeah. but in simple terms, that's what it represents. Okay, awesome. And so what I hear you saying is it basically allows you to have a structured approach to transitioning, right? So that for the next generation of business owners, like your your children, there's a structured approach for them to take over as opposed to just, you know, giving them money and then it may be the end of that business as it were because there was no structure to facilitate that transition. Awesome. Okay, so can you provide like a foundation on what roles, if any, family offices play in sustaining and growing private wealth? Yeah. So and maybe also that would allow me, you know, expand on the definition I was also trying to give before, which is the point about the wealth growing Mm -hmm. and going beyond generations Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be with the legacy business that was founded. Uh So it might mean that that wealth then takes a different face entirely um, because now you've brought on different unique personalities in the next generation who feel we probably need to branch out Mm -hmm. into something else. But then we have the advantage of a strong backbone in the family office. Mm -hmm. And so what you're trying to do within the confines of the family office is put the right structure that can guide that objective and foster that objective. And so you're looking at things around investment management, which is traditionally what a lot of families or individuals would focus on mm-hmm. so it's really just about the money but at the end of the day money without values they say or, or wealth without values is just money and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, so you then have to back it up with the values and the values are the inherent advantage that the family has you know to stand out from other family businesses mm-hmm. it's like the unique selling point yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so you, you then want to start thinking about governance structures right 
which definitely need to go in the family office. You want to think about, you know, what's the risk of doing things the wrong way, you know. Do I want to be out in the public for the wrong reasons? Mm-hmm. How do I ensure that our reputation is protected? And so in terms of compliance, it's very important you then have a section that deals with compliance. Mm-hmm. Now in the age where we're seeing um, the common reporting standard and the need to just be transparent with information across borders, it's also important that that compliance unit begins to think about such things. But the other roles within the family office, apart from just investment management and compliance, may run from admin structures. So um, family wants to travel, you know, you need people to organize, you need them to be sure that where they go to, you know, they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Those admin stuff would generally be handled by the family office. Right. In terms of next generation education, which is a very core part of making sure that you have responsible stewards for the business it's also within the family office okay you know so that kind of training setting the ground rules for this is how we should behave or this is how we would typically run businesses mm-hmm. in the family is enshrined within the family office the other things as well that we start to see are things around security right and safety So especially now in the age where technology is becoming, you know, really vibrant, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of family businesses and corporates Mm -hmm. are exposed to hacks, exposed to data leakage and all that. And it's important that the family office also take that approach in setting up. And I guess the one more thing as well that's important to consider with family offices is, is data management. As family businesses grow, um, there's a lot of data that needs to be managed and handled, not only in one jurisdiction, sometimes in several jurisdictions. And managing that data properly, analyzing it to make informed decisions, enables family businesses become a bit more agile. What what kind of data would this um, be? So I guess just take an example Mm -hmm. with COVID. Right. Unexpected events like that typically will cause businesses to be jolted and what you then want to start asking yourself is what could I have done differently what we saw during um, COVID was a lot of growth in employees realizing that I could do things by myself Mm -hmm. and taking that reign of responsibility to say I would branch out and do my own stuff but what it also revealed was you couldn't do business without having technology in place. And because of that, you then saw that there were a lot of exposures to either not being able to sustain the business mm-hmm. for growth, or you weren't even analyzing the data in front of you right. to make the right decisions, either in hiring people mm-hmm. or in even making sales to the public. So right. those kind of data is what we're saying is important that, you know, Businesses now use them to make nimble decisions Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at the time when such events happen. Um, Because it then will be too late if you have to wait until the time where the event passes. Mm -hmm. Why not have a data management store where you can then make those decisions proactively, anticipate them. Sometimes you can't anticipate, but then you want to do that as fast as you can. can. Right. Awesome. So... I was going to ask a question about what, so, you know, I've heard you talk about the different parts and roles that a family office would play. And my question is, 
So does that, it sounds to me like a family office is almost like an outsourced service. So that, I'll give you an example. I own a business. I have a business and I don't know that I have all of these skills and knowledge, etc. So mm. how do I set up a family office? Must I set one up myself or can I outsource it to a third party? Yeah, so I guess it depends on the size of wealth okay. that you have. Mm-hmm. And um, what tends to happen is you probably start with doing it yourself. Right. If you're disciplined enough. Well, because wait, I don't know what I need to do. Exactly. Okay. So I guess the point is, if you understand the first question around distinguishing your personal wealth from your corporate, corporate. or business wealth, right. it's a good start to then start to see, since there are two buckets of mm-hmm. wealth, how do I then structure around that personal wealth? Okay. The next question to ask would be, if I was, do I really have an intention to pass this wealth on to the next generation? Do I want to leave a legacy? What's that legacy going to be? What are my values? And build around that. So the family office takes its life around your values, around what your future objectives are. Mm -hmm. Um, And why I said it's easier to then start personally Mm -hmm. is it's costly to have these family offices. You know, an example is the Walton family, their Mm -hmm. family office or assets under management is well over millions of dollars. And when we talk about what sits or what funds sit within that family office, it's probably ranging from the dividends that they earn mm-hmm. from their businesses to capital gains when they exit certain businesses or if they IPO'd. All of that wealth is not the business wealth. It's your money. Wow. The salary you earn mm-hmm. if you worked within the business in an owner-managed business yeah. is your own money. Now, sometimes what you find is a lot of business owners mix that wealth with the corporate wealth just to stay afloat sometimes because they want to be liquid. And at those very early stages, it's quite unrealistic to then ask to set up a family office because you don't even have the funds to run your business. Talk more of running a private structure. Mm -hmm. So as you then grow, you know, as long as you have those two key questions in mind, mm-hmm. what's going to be my legacy? And am I separating my personal wealth from my corporate okay. wealth? You then start to reach that point where you decide that you want to set up a family office. A lot of businesses in Nigeria currently are run with an embedded family office concept. Okay. Where they're probably using staff of the organization mm-hmm. to run their personal stuff. So... For instance, remember when we talked about what sits within the family office, the mm-hmm. roles, yeah. compliance. Yeah. If I wanted to be compliant from a tax standpoint as an individual, right. sometimes you would find that these people are relying on staff within the organization to do that small stuff. The personal stuff, yeah. right. But that individual doesn't have the full view of everything that you do. Right. You probably have investments. Yeah. Mm-hmm which is where the disadvantage comes. Right. And so what you then want to ask yourself is, what's my footprint? Mm-hmm. How pervasive am I? How pervasive is my wealth? Mm-hmm. Do I need to start pulling out that individual into my personal structure because I trust that person? And that's a very important point for how you staff the family office. Right. Do I pull that person out into that personal structure so that they then take over 
running world. my personal world. Mm-hmm. So it's a very simple logic. It's a yeah. simple concept. Mm-hmm. I think it just takes taking yourself out of that corporate world and asking yourself these questions to say, is this now time for me to set up the office? Yeah. And what are my objectives? How do I set them up? Which is where professionals then come in. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, there's no point reinventing the wheel. Yeah. This is a concept that has existed for years. Mm-hmm. It works very well for H&Is. Yeah. And a lot of people can borrow relief from those pages. Wow. So going back to what the topic of discussion is, and it's, you know, family office fad or standard, would it be fair to say that it's standard for not every individual, it's just a standard for a certain group of individuals, so like the high net worth individuals, given how much it costs, you know, to run one. Mm. So would your answer be that it's, it's actually a standard for them, but not for everybody? Because when I hear the topic, it sounds like everybody that has a business should have a family office. But I don't <laughs> think that's the case. No, no, no. So it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. not everyone that has the business. Right. But there are ground rules okay. that you need to take into consideration to build for that future. Right. For when you might have a family office. And some of those ground rules really are around just making sure your personal assets aren't mixed with your corporate assets. Okay. There is a tax cost, for instance, to having uh-huh. that kind of structure. There is a governance cost to having that kind of structure where everything is commingled mm-hmm. or you're the only one making decisions and you don't have, for instance, a board of directors. Yeah. That's the beginning of setting the structure, the structure. right? Gotcha. And replicating that for a family office costs money. So if you think about at the business level, mm-hmm. having to hire a CEO, a CFO, a COO, um, an assistant to support all of these roles, mm-hmm. That's pretty much what you're replicating at right. the personal level. That's cost. So, yeah, that's cost, exactly. Mm-hmm. If you have to protect data within the organization, yeah. and you're going to do the same with your personal information and personal data, that's also costly. Mm-hmm. So it takes a certain level of wealth to right. go into that space. Wow. Awesome. Thank you for that clarity. So I'm just going back to our mention about COVID-19 and how it's impacted the idea of family businesses. In your opinion, would you say that the pandemic has changed the way family businesses in Nigeria utilize family offices and why? I think at least just based off of data, yes. there are a lot more questions now mm-hmm. than I had before okay. on family offices. Right. I think it's also around the fact that people just want to understand what it's entails Mm -hmm. you know and and they're still trying to grapple their minds around is it right for me which is a very necessary question yeah Yeah. and valid question to ask at this stage and yes as did covid affect people's decision in that space yes it did the last count i think for covid they said we've lost about 14 million or 14.9 million people globally Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, unfortunately the numbers in Africa, you know, it wasn't really obvious because we are not quite good at data. data. So I don't know if the cases we're supposed to celebrate that we didn't lose a lot of lives. But as you mean, or, or we just don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I just look at some of the close examples mm-hmm. within my space, mm-hmm. you know, people actually lost paychecks or matrix, mm-hmm. you know, in their family businesses. Mm-hmm. And at those points where those kind of incidents happen, the gap. The, yeah, it highlights the gap of succession. Mm-hmm. There's also the possibility that there are conflicts that um, existed all through the family that you weren't aware of that then come to fore. Mm-hmm. 
And the role of the family office then becomes very evident in situations like that where imagine where we had been very deliberate yeah. about training the next generation and causing them to understand what their stakes were within the businesses, making sure that there was no entitlement or mm -hmm. sense of entitlement within yeah. the business. And everyone was rewarded right. And we knew who the leader was, yeah. you know, if such a thing happened. Mm -hmm we would have avoided a situation where there was that huge gap. So I think COVID definitely has highlighted the need for families to start to ask these questions around, do we need a family office mm -hmm. for family cohesion, right. for ensuring that succession is gotten right? Mm -hmm. Succession is not just something that happens in a day, it's a journey. And that journey starts from when the business is founded. Yeah. So, Fantastic. So I'll have one more question for you before we round up. A review of the PwC Nigeria's next-gen survey for 2022 shows that 60% of Nigerian family businesses do not operate a family office as a separate business vehicle for family investments and services. So the question is, why do you think this is so? And what blind spots do you think the family businesses that fall into this category have to deal with? Yeah, I think it's so because a lot of business owners are still on that fast-paced journey of making money mm, yeah just yeah so mm. it's cash 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 and influence as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so right now i think a lot of nigerian family businesses haven't really started to think about what the future is like even post-covid yeah well post-covid yes some of them a little have, bit more but i think it should be a lot more than what we have now okay uh, and we're getting there but I think it takes a lot of awareness, right, exactly. which is why PwC is investing significantly mm -hmm. in this area. And we're actually seeing that there's positive results and acceptance of this. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing now is a lot of families now reassessing their holding company structures right. and asking, can we even convert this into a family, family office? office? Because having a holding company doesn't necessarily mean you have a family office. The holding company mm -hmm. is just for holding the assets. Mm -hmm. But they're not thinking about developing the next generation. They're not thinking about succession in the way family would. They're not thinking about dispute resolutions yeah. for the family. And it's not even you know, hinged on your personal values. Though. It's not hinged mm -hmm. on your personal values. So that reassessment is now happening. At least okay. we're doing a lot of that now for mm -hmm. some um, families. Right. Wealth management companies or firms are also asking how can we play in this space, you right. know. And some of what they're thinking is that inherent advantage with families, you know, setting them apart from other businesses. Mm -hmm. If you look at the top businesses in the world, they're family businesses. The Walmarts of this world, it's a family Stuff business. Yeah. Samsung is a family business. Jack Bezos is running it as a family business as well. He has a family office. You when know. are we going to get there in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> so I think we are, and I don't want to just call names, mm -hmm. but we do have some family offices yeah. in Nigeria. Okay. Very few, just a sprinkle. Right. But I think um, the it's more, better it's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we have wealthy people, you know, start thinking about this. I mean, if we have more homegrown billionaires yeah. and millionaires, we will see that concept really thrive. Mm -hmm. And I'm rooting for some of our tech yes, geniuses honestly. who are making all these billions now, <laughs> the celebrities who are making a lot of money now, yeah. you need to start thinking of the next generation. You need to start thinking of diversifying 
your wealth mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because uh, we've seen how technology has disrupted businesses. Mm-hmm. It will disrupt and continue to disrupt. Mm-hmm. And what family offices do is, you know, help with the diversification of that wealth as well. Because there you start to think about what your investment strategy is and start to think of how you should put them in different pockets just to stabilize. I mean, if we look at an example, I think it was five years when the currency just dropped mm-hmm, mm-hmm. significantly. Yeah. What happened was our wealthy guys, the billionaires, who had most of their wealth in Naira, mm-hmm. their wealth halved already in dollar terms because of the devaluation of the currency. Imagine if they had... Yeah. So if you had a family office that was yeah. very deliberate and strategic about saying, I would invest in this type of foreign assets, yeah. I would hedge against this type of mm-hmm. risk, depending on where you're, you know, you're generating those incomes from, you know, you have that kind of stability. And um, that's, I think, what the future is. So I'm rooting for a lot of these new billionaires that are coming on board to start thinking about setting up their own family office. Awesome. I agree. I totally mm-hmm. think we should all root for them. <laughs> Okay, I would ask you a lot more questions, but we only have time for you to share one recommendation that you figure would help promote the utilization of family offices in Nigeria. I guess the recommendation would be, it's not too late to start already. The two key questions are, do I have my personal assets separate from my corporate assets? Mm -hmm. The next big question is, what's my legacy? You know, what legacy do I want to leave? If the answer to the second question is, I don't want to leave anything, you don't have any <laughs> no business <laughs> dealing with a family office. But if you do have something you want to leave for the future, and it's not just all about making money, mm-hmm. it's also giving back to society. Absolutely. Your philanthropic contributions, mm-hmm. we're now moving out of the space of just donating cash. It's more impact, impact. investment, mm-hmm. right? So what's the impact you're what making in society? You what difference are you making? Where are you on the ESG continuum? And if we stick with all of those, then we would start to get that question right about this is the kind of family office I want to have. This is how I want to distinguish my family business. And this is how I want to contribute to society. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Asiri. That Mm -hmm. has been a fun and enlightening conversation. I know more now about family offices and I think that's even I need to start thinking about I I don't have a lot of money just yet but I need to start thinking about and cultivating that habit thank you and I hope that our listeners have enjoyed this as well so thank you for listening to this episode of Next and Talks catch you on the next episode NextGen Talks is an initiative of PwC Nigeria's NextGen Club, featuring family business owners, NextGens, successful entrepreneurs, and professionals. NextGen Talks, shaping the African family business narrative.